received your instructions. Touch cards if you like. Let's fight. Welcome, Welcome to Cam Blue's Bout Business MMA Podcast. <laughs> Lou Finicaro. Boom! A production of GreenRollMedia.com, the world's premier sports betting podcast network, rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. 100%! Now, it's fight weekend, and it is time to touch gloves with the most decorated mixed martial arts betting analyst in the business. He's your host of our main event. You ready? Bring it on! Come on! Come on. And he's all about business. Lou Finacaro. Welcome, fight enthusiasts, to the UFC Las Vegas 43. Tate versus Vieira version of the Gamblue Bout Business Podcast. Couple of things I want to cover immediately first. Thank you so much to our listeners. The variety of locations, states, and countries that we're getting listeners from is totally flattering. It tells me that there's hardcore fight fans in every corner of the world, and I want to thank you for listening. Number two, if you're still listening today, I'll even congratulate you further. After a couple of podcasts, we had a nice little five, six unit bankroll built up. Now we've whittled down a little bit over the last few fight cards. Now last week, favorites only ran six and four, yet we only capitalized on that six and four by going one and three ourselves. So really not the result I was looking for. However, one and three minus 2.15 units it could have been worse. Now, that said, the pick of Calvillo. You would think by watching that fight that I never picked fights before in my life. She got the break speed off of her and was never in the fight. Huge mistake on my part. Arce was up for the fight mentally, not physically. England was a long bomb. We knew that, no problem. Then the Moises Rothwell parlay again you'd think that uh, i was a deaf dumb and blind kid and had never done this before the good news about having such an off result is that my ears are pinned back and i'm totally focused on this fight slate we have four fight cards remaining this fight card will be the last one for november then we will have three in the first three weeks of december to finish out the year and then the Gamblue Bout Business Podcast will start a whole new accounting in January of 2022. Currently, we're 23 wins against 26 losses. We're up one unit dead even. And we're going to change that with this week's fight card. So let's get right into it with round one. Round one, we're going to the undercard. And in fact, our first three rounds will all be undercard fights. In this bout, we're going to be talking about flyweights. Cody Durden fighting Ki Lang Aori from China. Durden has been off since December of 20 when he beat a fighter of dubious stature, Jimmy Flick, 
Since then, Durden's overcome some injuries. He has a draw with Chris Gutierrez on his record, which is a feather in his cap. He fights out of Atlanta, AT&T gym, primarily wrestling-based fighter, but I'm not overly sold on Durden as a UFC product. He fights the Chinese Kilang Aori. And what I don't like from Durden's background, basically level of competition, is kind of what I do like with Aori. His last fight against Jeff Molina, Molina fights out of glory with James Krause and has had a second fight here recently. He looks very good. He looks like a contender within the division. Aori's going to be the bigger fighter over Durden. He's going to have a two-inch reach advantage. And he's trained for this fight in Las Vegas. So he's basically fighting at home against Durden shipping in from Atlanta. This fight opened Durden minus 115, and his odds have escalated up to minus 165. I think that's not warranted. In fact, I like Aori here. I like his size. I like his aggression. I like his durable nature. He's got a granite chin. And I believe that perhaps in this fight, the wrong man could be favored. Round one, Keelang Aori, currently plus 145, plus 150. And be patient because the, the line is going up. That's a half a unit bet. Aori, round one, plus 145 to 150 for a half a unit. Now let's enter round two. And round two is going to be a real beauty. In this fight, we're looking at lightweights, and we have Fares Ziam against Terrence McKinney. This is another fight that's been lined as a pick'em from the time that it opened until the time we're talking about it right now. McKinney last fought in the Phoenix card that I was sitting press row at, and he went out and flash knockout. Kevin the steamroller Frivola in some 16 seconds. The issue there is that McKinney's had a lot of hype in his last three or four fights. His fights have not gotten out of the first round. And it was really important to see what Matt the steamroller Frivola, excuse me, I called him Kevin earlier. It was going to be interesting to see what Frivola in his wrestling game could do against McKinney, but we didn't get to go that far. McKinney knocked him out so early. In this fight, Faris Zian, McKinney's opponent, is a Muay Thai striker from France. He's going to be three inches the taller man, three years younger. He's going to have a reach advantage, and he comes in a long, lanky, aggressive Muay Thai striker. McKinney and his aggression is going to make him self somewhat susceptible to this striker in Ziam, who will use knees, elbows, and every kind of combination to catch McKinney as he's coming in. McKinney has some wrestling base. I think he would be wise to use it. However, we've not seen him use it in past fights, and I don't think we can trust him to use it. For that reason, I think the size the youth, the aggression of Ziam puts him in a very, very positive position for success, provided he makes it out of the first round. 
McKinney is going to be a tornado for five minutes. And if we can get Ziam to weather the first round storm and get this fight into the second round, I think at that point in time, his precision, his striking, his distance control will start to take over the fight. Round two, Faris Ziam, minus 110. Now, let's enter round three. In round three, we basically have the main event of the prelim cards, which is going to be an excellent featherweight bout between Tucker Lutz and Pat Sabatini. Tucker Lutz, he's faced one UFC opponent, Kevin Aguilar, and in that debut, he won via decision and looked good. Lutz is very well-rounded. He's got good, solid wrestling base. He can strike. In fact, in this bout, he'll have a slight striking advantage. He's got good grappling. He's going to have a two-inch reach advantage, two years younger. And quite honestly, he's got a maybe a little bit of a, an advantage in experience over Sabatini. While Lutz is well-rounded, Sabatini comes with a little bit more of a forceful wrestling grinder's base. He'll be outstruck by Tucker as long as this fight is on the feet. But make no mistake about it, Sabatini has no intention of competing with Lutz at his strength on the feet. Rather, he's going to take him to the floor for a tussle and a roll. Sabatini, off his last fight, didn't really look very good. He was getting pieced up on the feet until he got the fight to the floor. And I questioned why it took him so long to get the fight to the floor. I look for Sabatini, who is a training partner of co-main event participant Sean Brady out of Philadelphia. I look for him to gain tremendous IQ in this fight and for this fight. He opened minus 175. And currently, the Tucker Love, which is everyone that you will talk to about this fight except me, they're taking Tucker Lutz. Sabatini opens minus 175. He's currently minus 115. That's a good enough price to strike right now. I don't have a problem if you wait a few hours or this afternoon, even to this evening or tomorrow, to see if Sabatini's price continues to go down. I will use the most aggressive price we can on round three's release, Pat Sabatini currently minus 115. If you've been taking your cues from the Bout Business MMA podcast, we know you've been cleaning up on your MMA bets lately. But isn't it time you cleaned up below the waist for the holiday season? Now's the time to take advantage of a special offer from Manscaped with their online Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales event. Get 25% off your entire order and free shipping now by visiting manscaped.com. Again, that's 25% off and free shipping on your entire order when you visit manscaped.com today now let's jump into the main card for our final three rounds for round four we're gonna go to the ladies flyweight division where brazilian talia santos ninth ranked in the division is gonna face joanne wood who is the former joanne calderwood so we know joanne by calderwood as opposed to her new married name, Wood. In this fight, we basically got a Scottish striker in Wood against a Brazilian grappler wrestler in Santos. 
Santos's body of work, Modafferi and McCann wins are impressive, but the level of competition is not world-class within the division. Santos wrestling ground advantage in those fights really stood out and it will surely be her focus and intention to wrestle up Joanne Wood in this fight. Meanwhile, Joanne Wood, the ex-Calderwood, has faced many close bouts, but she's been in there with Lauren Murphy, Jessica I, Jennifer Maya, Andrea Lee, Caitlin Shukagian. So you know where I'm going here. Joanne Wood has a wealth of experience. She's sixth ranked in the division. And Santos opens minus 280 against Calderwood plus 240. Currently, Talia Santos has risen to minus 360, Joanne Calderwood plus 300. Now, I get it that Santos is going to try and take Calderwood down, press her against the fence, take her distance away, and grind her for three rounds. And that's more than likely what could happen. However, I think the price is out of whack here, and we're not giving Joanne Wood any kind of credit for who she's been in with nor the kind of fight game she possesses. She's athletic, she can move, and if she can keep her at the end of her strikes, she can carve Talia Santos up like a Thanksgiving turkey. Listen, Joanne Wood should be an underdog here, but there's no way in heck she should be a plus 300 underdog. Round four release, Joanne Wood plus 300 for a half a unit. Now let's move into round five. For round five, I'll use the old Angelo Dundee saying, styles make fights. Not only do styles make fights, but regions where athletes come from, their body shape, the strategic arsenal of fighting they bring to the cage, all together makes handicapping fights so much fun. And this fight, exemplifies that exactly. Brazilian Ronnie Yaya, 36 years old, eight, two and one is last 11 in the cage. Yaya is kind of a dinosaur within the UFC in that he is an absolute world-class grappler. After that, he's not very athletic. He's not quick or fleet of foot. He doesn't have power, can't really take a strike, and isn't a very deft striker at that. Yaya, singularly dimensioned, is going to go out there and he's going to submit you or he's going to lose. In this fight, he takes on Hyung Ho Kang, a South Korean. And this was a fight that was originally scheduled in July and 10 minutes before the fighters were supposed to go into the cage, Yaya pulls out with COVID. That did not sit well with Kang, and he's been smarting about it ever since. In interviews this week, we discovered that Kang was injured for that fight, and the extra four or five months now has allowed him to better prepare for Yaya's dynamic grappling, as well heal up and come in a little fresher and more ready to fire. Kang's three inches the taller man, two years the younger man, 
And I really believe that that layoff is going to allow him to fire very, very fresh. Kang has not been the victim of a submission loss since 2011. And his combination of strength, athleticism, judo background, and fight IQ, I think is a perfect stonewall to the Brazilian jiu-jitsu we're going to see from Ronnie Yaya. This fight opened a pick and stands basically a pick, much to my glee. Round five, Kyung Ho Kang, currently minus 105 for one unit. Now let's move in to round six. Round six, we're rolling right into the main event of the afternoon, which is a women's bantamweight tussle between Ketlin Vieira and Misha Tate. Vieira, currently one and two her last three, enters this fight the taller woman, the younger woman, and the longer woman. So she's going to have physical advantages over Tate that really come into play should she be a striker. And as a matter of fact, Vieira is primarily a striker. And not only is she a striker, she's a striker that's extremely aggressive, especially early, where she exerts tremendous pressure, might, and emotional energy in order to damage opponents. Her body of work leaves me a little bit uninspired, however. Yes, she beat Sarge Eubanks, but the loss to Kunitskaya really ref is reflective to me of journeyman or just above kind of a talent. And while, yes, she gets this opportunity to be in a main event, I think her first experience with a five-round opportunity like this could bother her to some degree. And she's in against a woman in Tate that is just bleeding experience and level of competition. Tate's been in with the best. She's faced many five-round main event type situations. She is a grinder, a wrestler, and don't take the cupcake looks for Misha Tate for a fighter that isn't able to execute. She is tough as nails. Her wrestling is unrelenting, as is her forward pressure. I would say that in this fight, we better expect to see Vieira look pretty good for seven, 10 minutes, the first two rounds. However, after that, the grind of Misha Tate, her ability to close distance, press Vieira backwards is gonna start to take effect. Misha Tate, I believe, wins this fight late via submission or via decision, and I don't quite know which one, but we don't have to fret over that because her price, currently plus 100, is very fair. Misha Tate, main event, our sixth release, plus 100. Let's just review. Round one is a half-unit wager on Aori plus 150, plus 145-ish. Round two, a full unit pick'em price on Ziam, minus 110, minus 15 if you can find it. Round three, Pat Sabatini, currently minus 115. Into the main card, round four, we're going to take Joanne Wood for a half a unit, plus 300. Round five is Kun Hyo Kang, 
minus 110. And finally, round six, main event, Misha Tate plus 100. One last footnote. Sean Brady, Michael Chiesa, co-main event. Fire fight. I can't wait to watch it. I'm of the opinion that Kies is a front runner and he uses his size early to try and bully people. And I think that Sean Brady is impervious to that, but Kies's size is concerning me against Brady. Brady opened minus 140, he's up to minus 170, 80. I just don't wanna spend the money on him, but I will say this. I think he breaks Kiesa, and I do think he's a decent position as a favorite. And I will just tell listeners, do not be surprised. If his price dips a little bit and I want to get involved late, look for a release on Twitter should I happen to release Michael Kiesa, Night of the Fight. Other than that, there's just two things. Enjoy the fights, and thank you so much for listening. Locked into Gamblu's Bout Business MMA podcast featuring Lou Finicaro. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on Lou's behind the scenes access to the world of MMA. Of all the superlatives. Tomorrow's good that hand is ridiculous. Oh my goodness. Bam! The legs go. I mean, that is clean. Want the best sports betting podcast on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network. If you've been taking your cues from the Bout Business MMA podcast, we know you've been cleaning up on your MMA bet. Lately. But isn't it time you cleaned up below the waist for the holiday season? Now's the time to take advantage of a special offer from Manscaped with their online Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales event. Get 25% off your entire order and free shipping now by visiting manscaped.com. Again, that's 25% off and free shipping on your entire order when you visit manscaped.com today.